voice of it. A stinking man. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Listen, I keep it real with God, Same. okay? Yeah. <laughs> Same. He's like heard it before. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, welcome right. everyone to this episode of the Being Church podcast. I feel like it's been so long. I feel since like we, it has. We switched to this monthly episode delivery things, and it's like it's great for our schedules, but it's like we never come here anymore. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Elisa. And today we have a guest with us, as is our custom, Marisol Kruger. Hello. hello. Thank you for being with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Super uh, excited. Yeah. Yes. We're we're pumped to talk about. Uh, your faith story because it's got a unique slant with uh with saint oscar romero right the yes. recent saint yeah oh, wow that's super cool to say so tell us just a little bit like i briefly met you in the hallway the other day that's um tell us a little like what mass do you how long have what mass do you attend like how long have you been at st louis what brought you to st louis so i have been at st louis for about five years almost six years we found this parish when we were looking for a place to get married. Me and nice. my then <laughs> fiance. So he he and I moved to Austin like seven years ago together. And um, we're kind of just like, you know, going to St. Williams. That's where I went when I was in high school. Um, but we wanted to find like a parish that felt like it was our parish that we could be in together yeah. um he did rcia at st williams and okay. then we decided we were ready to get married after that and so we started looking around for churches and it just worked out for st louis the day and the time was like my day off of work he was free those evenings and so the marriage prep class really is what pulled us in oh, because we heard okay. really good stuff about it oh, so and good. it just was on the perfect day and time for us um and so we did the marriage prep we got married here we met a couple people started going to church here every sunday and um we've been here consistently ever since we go to nine thirty mass Awesome. And so was that, when you started coming here, was that a Father James Misko or was that a fa Father Larry? Father Larry was here for a while. Not long. We didn't get to know him super well. Gotcha. Father James came recently. Gotcha. Emily and I just went through that marriage prep course. It is super helpful. Wait, here? Yeah. I know. I, what? I, I oversee it, but I, yeah. also, I also attended it. it yeah, was, you have to. It was really, it's it was good. really helpful. It was really helpful. It was nice. It's seven weeks, but it's nice because you have like time oh, to talk about each yes. topic. Yeah, because you meet once a week mm -hmm. and you kind of get homework. And mm -hmm. I've been, my husband and I will, we will celebrate our 16th wedding anniversary in June and we still use stuff from that class. Really? No joke. We still talk about the five love languages because oh, we talked about yeah. that book. Yeah. And then recently we talked about like if our love languages had changed. <gasps> I love it. And, what? And um, going like back into that, which again, this is off topic, but my husband okay. was no, like, it's great. I think your love language has changed or like it wasn't what we maybe thought it was all along. So we had that conversation recently. I, well, which it, is it from does, that it class. It probably has a little, maybe something to do with you guys have a, baby right we have two kids now oh you have yeah. two kids yeah. okay tell us a little bit about them so i have a three-year-old her name's marcella she's in ecdc here uh which we we love and then charlotte is one almost next month she'll be one awesome yeah i th i feel like maybe just a lot shifts when you have 
when you add children into the equation yes. of marriage. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we know. just looked at you. Yeah. You yeah. had something to add. You guys are wise and experienced. I'm You're just, just gonna a, smile. I'm a sprite young young child over here. That's cool. So so you guys came to St. Louis uh, and you've you've really kind of dug in here. So have you always been Catholic? Like has your faith always been important yeah, to you? Yeah. So my parents are both very Catholic yeah. people. Uh, we were, you know, raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. Oh, really? Where? Um, in California. Wow. Um, yeah. So I grew up in nice. Northern California. And then after we started, I started Catholic high school, but then we moved across country mm-hmm. and to DC area. And that was when I started going to public school and I graduated from a public college and everything. But yeah, grew up Catholic. Cool. Okay. So it's really, it's always been important to you. So when you came to Austin, it was really important to find a yeah. A home in a community. Yes. Cool. Awesome. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about just some, maybe some aspects of your faith life that have been important or forming for you. You know, like everybody has kind of that, a couple of like things that are like, this was, this was important to me. I mean, I think just the whole unification of the Catholic church that we, you know, like I said, we did move across country. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to Texas. I went back to the area to go to college. And I've always felt like being Catholic was something you can identify with. And it's so recognized by other people that, you know, you just like tell people you're Catholic and they, you know, everyone's different, but they kind of feel like, okay, we know. We know you. You're Catholic. And so in college, I was kind of like in my group of friends, like the Catholic one. And they just knew that about me and it it helped me I think like keep myself centered and grounded even as I went out to experience all different types of things and all different kinds of people um you know I went to church like right at our we had a parish really we could walk to from our church and all that stuff um so I think it's just been something that's helped me to stay grounded and because it's been such a big part of my family to help me stay connected with my family mm. in terms of praying for each other, talking about our faith together and um, going to church together always. So I think it's really just kind of helped me stay connected to the people that I need to be connected to. Yeah, but you, it's like universality. Like, you know, it's you can go wherever. and Right. I mean, that's the cool thing about being Catholic, right? You can go to... A- mass in dc or california or texas and it's yeah. essentially the same thing right. unless the priest is like taking liberties right like it's the same you yeah. know what to expect and you know that you belong there right and you, whether you're from there or not you can right. find your people anywhere you know and that is that is huge i i went to i went to ut um and it's huge there were it's fifty thousand people and i was like one of those people who were like i don't need to go to orientation i'm totally fine you totally fine so <laughs> and, right and i so walked onto campus and i was like this little tiny thing and i was like what am i gonna do and i just remember wandering through campus and then this building said university catholic center and i was like i'm home i know that word right. yeah i know that word it wasn't like i was this really involved catholic when i was in high school but when i saw that word i went in that building and and it was it was welcome week and so like i signed up for all the things and you're right like to this day that's where my people came from and so to be able to find that anywhere is yeah yeah i wish i had been more involved in college actually i mean i went to church but i didn't 
plug in super fully to the Catholic community. I think in high school, I had been more involved Mm -hmm. in clubs and youth group and all that stuff. But it's just nice that it follows you. You know, that even if you're not having like the most catholic time of your life it's still there i don't yeah. know if that makes no, sense no, that's it totally beautiful makes that's sense. It. i love that you said and it follows yeah. just you. doesn't it just doesn't go away yeah, and so then we came back, back. yeah that. we came back here my parents are here so of course that again was grounding for me to find them and my husband decided to go through rcia which was a big deal but i think we needed to really find a place that felt like it was ours together absolutely um and yeah now we really are into st louis we have you know a lot of our i mean pretty much all of our friends go here my kid my kids know their friends go here so we're hoping to make it a big part of our life for a long time that's awesome and so when we talked you were like listen i went on this pilgrimage and oscar romero is a huge part of like my faith life. And so you wanted to talk about that a little bit. So yes. tell, tell us like what, who is Oscar Romero? No, like yeah, what has okay. he done for you? I right. Guess. No, I guess. Can you just start with, um, how did you, I mean, there are a lot of blesseds, a lot of saints out there. Yeah, how, how did yes. you stumble right. on, on him? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I was born in El Salvador, so I'm Salvadoran. <gasps> oh. And, um, so at, from a young age, I remember my parents telling me about him mm-hmm. and telling me about El Salvador and the history, like very young age. I remember we watched the movie Romero, yeah. typical yeah. intro, like, like El Salvador 101. <laughs> um, I love, but I, I feel like it didn't, it, it just was there, you know, that I just was interested in him. I really liked the way that he's always portrayed as so like steady and steadfast, but mm. he has a message, but he's just almost calm, you know? I mean, he's not like timid or anything, but he just always struck me as like a really stable, steady mm. example of the faith. And so I, I was interested in him. And then in high school and college, I decided I wanted to start studying Latin America. I have like a um, minor in Latin American studies. So somehow in <laughs> studying him, I I came across, like I already knew his name and everything, and something was like drawing me to learning more about him. Mm-hmm. And somehow in that, I came across the fact that his birthday is the Feast of the Assumption. Whoa. And my birthday is the Feast of the Assumption. Tight connection. Get Which out. It's always been cool because it's the Feast of the Assumption. Yeah. Like it's a holy day of obligation. You always have to go to church on your birthday. So it's always been like a <laughs> Wait, big really? Thing. Is that a thing? It's yeah. A holiday, yeah. Well, the Feast of the Assumption oh, is a okay. holy day yeah, of yeah. obligation. So no, for like, me, like, not, not your birthday. Not everyone has to go to church. <laughs> I mean, maybe I you could. Like, like, you know, should. you yeah, should. Why you not? Should. Yeah. Um, but I always have to go to church on my birthday. We all do. We all have to go um, celebrate ours. And yeah. you guys all have to go. Yes, we're celebrating exactly. you. Um, so, yeah. So, he, so when I found that out, like, I remember calling my mom and being like, did you know that we have the same <laughs> birthday? And that, for some reason, just really, like, clicked it to me. Where I was like, I've been drawn to this person for so long. And now I found this out. And then, like, from then, it just kind of 
went where, you know, I was always like wanting to tell people about him mm. and share with people about him and learn more about him. So, um, you know, he, he was ordained a priest and, um, as there was a lot of disruption in the political situation in El Salvador. Yeah. Um, and he was actually assassinated right before the official start of the 12-year Salvadoran Civil War. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, the Civil War hadn't even started when he was assassinated, but there was just that much violence leading up to mm, it. Right. Um, and I think for him... You know, he was assassinated saying mass, like literally like consecrating the Eucharist. And so that always just struck me as as beautiful in a way that, you know, he to be martyred that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just it's just tragic, but also like just the perfect example of him giving himself fully to the church. And that's how he lived his his life and his people, you know, I mean, they 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 always refer to him as like he was a voice for the voiceless. Mm-hmm. There were so many people at that time that felt repressed. There were so many people that were living in poverty that nobody was talking about. And he was talking about it for no reason other than it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And that reason he felt it was the right thing to do was because of everything he believed as a Catholic. Mm. Right. And so I think that also... You know, yes, I think he would have been an amazing person if he wasn't Catholic. He would have still been an amazing person. But to just know that his faith was what was behind him and that that same faith is behind me and supposed to be driving me, um, I think, you know, I just really connected to him. Yeah, it goes back to what you were saying about like that, the unity thing, right? That's something that we share. That's really, it's really, when we consider the saints and when we consider holy people, it's really amazing to think that like, uh, you know, the same things that motivated them motivate us. Like the same things that right. made them holy can make us like that. You sh- right. that we share that with Oscar Romero, or that, that they're that real. With. I mean, I think sometimes they get romanticized. Yeah. They're real. Yeah. You know, like for me, Mother Teresa is. You know, and so sometimes you forget that this was an like born a regular old human being yeah he was just a dude he was a dude and it's really who decided to become a priest right and at that time was a lot going on i mean he was given a platform right but he also didn't have to take it you Mm -hmm. know i mean none of us have to answer the call we are supposed to and we want to but it's it's hard sometimes so I think for me, like just the fact that he he rose to the occasion. I, I'm not really familiar with all the political yeah, situation and the history. It is complicated, and you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions. But yes. for you know, if you can say one thing about Oscar Romero, and it's part of the reason he's a saint, um, is that as a bishop, as a priest, and as a he was a bishop, right? Yeah, yeah, archbishop, uh, archbishop. Whoa, he, uh, he truly embraced the call to be a shepherd to his people. Yes. Right? Like, he left the 99 to find the one. Right. Right? He spoke for the voiceless. Um, you can you can say anything you want about him, but you have to say that, that he cared about his people and that he was a shepherd. And that's, that's what bishops and priests are supposed to do, right? Yeah. They're supposed to shepherd their people and lay down yep. their lives. He was, um, of, he was like the, the great, a great model of, yeah. of shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I know about him. And yeah. that's all I have to know about him. And I mean, you, you, know. you know that's true when you... There are thousands of people like me who feel a deep connection to 
him. And that is amazing. It's mm-hmm. not, I'm not just random. Right. Oh, you're from El Salvador. You have the same birthday. You like him. No, there are so many people who feel a deep connection to him. And mm-hmm. we can talk about this more later. But I, I mean, I met those people. I went to El Salvador um, in 2011 mm-hmm. on a mission trip. And I met those people. When you meet the people of El Salvador, they want to talk about the Civil War. They want to talk about their country's history. And they want to talk about Oscar Romero. Really? And when I went on the pilgrimage, we met those people that had traveled from El Salvador or other places in the U.S. to be there to see that happen. And all these people, like, feel what I feel, mm. you know? What was that like? So I always – I wanted to go to the canonization of Mother Teresa. Like, that was on my yes. list. Didn't happen. But, like, what is it – I wish. Uh, what was it like to be there for that? It was very moving. And it was – it was – for me, and I think for a lot of people, it was very validating. Mm-hmm. We had been waiting for this moment, you know? And it's another reason why I just love our Pope. Because I think not long after the Pope became the Pope, he started talking about Romero. And I knew he was going to be the one to mm-hmm. make him a saint. And so I just, I love this Pope. And I, I loved Oscar Romero. And it was such a full circle thing to see that. This was all going to come together now. And then being there, like, you know, there. so there were six other people that became saints that day. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, you're in the city. There's a lot of activity. And as we're getting ready to go to St. Peter's Square and stuff, people were asking, like, who are you here for? Why are oh, you here? That's so cool. You know, and yeah. Awesome. And so it was cool to meet other people. And again, you know, they have their personal stories of mm-hmm. why they came and why they felt called to that. And so I just loved that ability to see again, going back to the first point of we're all Catholic, we're all united, but we all have our personal stories Mm -hmm. of what is making us show up every Sunday and every day to this life. I love that. Why do you show up? Like that's yeah. a that's a great question to ask people. Why do you why do you show up? And that's what they were asking. Is like, why are you why here? Are you here? Who, who are you here for? Who are you here you know? for? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there were people that were like, oh, I I'm not Catholic. I'm just a tourist, or I I'm Catholic, but I had this trip booked before they even announced what was happening. Right. You know, there were plenty of those people. Yeah. But then there were other people that you know had their stories. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That so is yeah. Cool. What is something about him that like, what is a quality or, like, a a part of his story that you feel drawn to and want to, like, uh, bring to your family or to your community or to the greater community? So I brought – actually, I have some for you guys. I, I brought a lot of prayer cards and medals home, and I've been, like, passing them out to people yeah. and, um, like, at any occasion. And so one it's like, funny is our, our friend had a baby shower, and we made her – a little prayer picture of lots cool. of different cards and stuff. and But it's a baby shower. And you might think, like, Oscar Romero, what does this <laughs> have to do with the baby shower? And so I thought about it. Like, what, you know, what is my reason for giving this to her at her baby shower? And what does this mean as a mother? And so I wrote on the back. And then it's really became, like, for my family, how I want to think about it is, like, he – to me, he was always fighting for truth and justice. And I think that those are values that as a mom, I can instill on my children. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and as those can be pillars of our family. And so I think it doesn't have to be some big dramatic political warfare. Like, no, in your life, you can search for justice. Mm -hmm. You can search for the truth and you can seek to help people who are voiceless and the oppressed definitely exactly and so you know on any level you can do that um and so that's something that i've thought about how i want to make it relevant at this time of my life and how other people can too yeah and i think i mean you know people who talk about romero or talk about mother Teresa, they talk about going out and serving the poor right but there's something really honorable and beautiful about saying no like i'm just gonna I'm going to do this in my house. You know, I'm going to do this with my people, with my family. Right. Because this is what I've, this is the domain that I've been given to work in, you know? And if you come across that situation that is bigger than you, that's the perfect time. Just say Romero, pray for us. Like like you said, like that's the time where you get to show up, right? Right. Romero answered the call and so that's the time that you get to answer the call too. I think also saints like this help me at least to pay attention, you know, to the fact that there is injustice. There right. is oppression. There are people that need you to use your platform to point out what's going on with them. And so I think saints like this are, are, are um, you know, great intercessors in the work of like, you know, just help me be aware that like outside of my comfort, because my life is very comfortable. We're not by any means wealthy in the standards of, I guess, society. But for me, my family life is just beyond riches and treasure. And so it, you can get caught up in like, this is my space and I'm happy. Right. And we're good. But I think saints like this kind of call us to look outside of our own selves and to pay attention to to others. Right. And I mean, the Salvadoran people were just like us. I mean, they were just trying to live their lives and be with their families and go to their church. And this happened there and and it could happen anywhere and it happens other places too. And we need people who are going to help those people. So how has your faith life been changed? Like that experience of going to that canonization and being in Rome, uh, it was in Rome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, yeah. did I just make a mistake? No. No. <laughs> yeah, your experience of like going to Rome and coming back, um, have you noticed a change in your faith life or the way that you pray or the way that you just like behave in community? Like, have you have you noticed any difference? Or were you pretty like all about it beforehand? I mean, I think for me it was not so much of a change, but like almost like you were saying a reminder. Mm. Um, of all these things I've learned and this history that I have. Um, and it was important for me to like take my daughters there so that they can have it, you know, as a part of their story. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily changed anything yet. I'm sure there's still processing and there's still things that are going to come up in my life that it might be a thing. But for now, I would say I just, it's definitely like a treasured moment. Of course. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's just something that I was, I was grateful to be able to do it. Yeah. And what did your parents think? They were excited. Were yeah. they? Yeah. Because they were the ones that introduced you to yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. told me about him and, um, you know, I think it was kind of, everyone was like, are you going to go? Do you like, do you really need to go? <laughs> this is crazy. 
Um, but then also people, I don't think were surprised that much. Yeah. Um, but it just, it was, it was kind of one of those things that I thought of it, like, what will it mean to me to know, like for my whole life that I was there, um, and that I was with those people. And I think also as a sign of respect to him Mm. for being a part of my life that I, I felt that I needed to be there to honor him too, you know. This is awesome. I've learned so much. Yeah. It just in these few minutes. Well, of... and yeah, I just because I remember I remember talking to you before that before yeah, you guys went. Yeah, we talked went, about it before and I went. You, you were just like so excited and so stoked, and I think it's really um, a testament. Like your whole your whole story, uh, especially as it relates to Romero, it's a whole it's a testament as to like. How other people, including the saints, can help us in our faith yes. life, right? Like, you have many touch points in your life where other people have helped you. Right. Uh, and Romero is one of them. Yes. And I think, you know, I like to share his story. Mm-hmm. And I think people should know about him. And people should know about El Salvador and the church and the history. But even more than that, it's like, I think people should find their person. Mm. You know, if they have have someone that they can find a connection to that will inspire them. I think that's great. I think that's a really good call to action. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. And I think, I think it's really great for you to say that because that's an encouragement to people to know that there is somebody out there who lived this holiness that can help you live your holiness in your, like in your exact situation and your exact time and your exact place. There is someone or more than one saint um, for you to to intercede for you and to be a model. And I think that's kind of, you know, when we get a bad rap for like, you know, worshiping Mary or worshiping saints, whatever. But I think it's just really, it's just really beautiful that we have these people as friends. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I have uh, human friends right now that are Catholic that push me and challenge me and love me through the faith and like right why it wouldn't make sense to have somebody in heaven doing that for you yeah and it just connects you i mean i it just it connects you to your faith in a deeper way in a personal way and that it's amazing to know that all these people feel the same way that we feel yeah about certain issues or certain people and about the faith Yeah. And that our faith is so vast and wide so that like if you have, you know, we've had parishioners that have gone to Lourdes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like that, so their heart and, and where they are, that space has fed them and has strengthened their faith. And you are in a very particular place and this is what the church has to offer. And so the, you know, we, we tend to say like this over here is the right way or this over here is the right way to be Catholic or whatever. But like, actually it's just like this beautiful painting, right? All these portions of this beautiful tapestry that we're allowed to be a part of and, and we can find our person and we can, you know, see, there's always a theme that develops when we just sit down and talk we t- a unity, right? Right. This Catholicity and this unity that there's, it's this broad picture. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Unintentional theme. This yeah, is good, no, guys. and this. I, so Tom and I, like, literally, when we were talking about the podcast, we were just like, like, what is our purpose? What do we want to do? And we're like, we want to encourage and inspire the our community, right? This right. is for us. This podcast is not meant to be like, you know, whatever. It's meant to be encouraging. You're to not us. going viral here. We're not, no, we're, we're not, not. And that's, Yeah, we're not. And, it's cool. and that's like not our, that was not 
that's not the point of the media ministry here at St. Louis. It really is to, to bring us together and also to send us out. And so what we have found since we've been doing these St. Louis stories is basically like, yeah, you guys are the teachers. You guys are the leaders. Like we all know, we all know that every person that makes St. Louis what St. Louis is, is such a valuable, uh, important part of not only our own story as a parish, right? Mm-hmm. But just like, just like everything that you've said right now, like in, has inspired me and so many people who will listen to this, you know? And so it's so great to be able to invite people in and to allow all of us to be inspired and encouraged by y'all. Right. Totally. So yeah. thank you so much for coming in. Obviously so many people don't have the option to go right. to Rome ever for anything. Yeah. And so, yeah. 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 Oh, such a cool it's, thing. It's a fun thing to share. Such a cool thing. Thanks, Marisol. We and it. if you're listening to this and you liked this story, it would be great maybe just to like, subscribe, and then share it with your closest parishioner, the parishioners that you sit to the left and to right of um, who would be inspired or encouraged by Marisol and her story, right? And so maybe that's where we need to begin with this ministry because uh, this podcast is very much a ministry of the parish, just like, you know, my confirmation program or your marriage prep program. This is here to uh, spread the gospel. And so maybe we just need to spread it uh, amongst ourselves. Yeah, I mean, that's how things grow, right? Hey, Mm -hmm. this has been really cool. I want to share this Yeah, yeah. Wait, you don't know how to do podcasts on your phone? Here, come here. Let me do it. Let Alisa, me show you. Elisa will show you. <laughs> yeah. Elisa will tell you how to do it. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys so much for thank joining you. us today. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, Marisol, we end every episode by saying, go be church. Would you like to? Uh... Go be church. Thank Ooh, you. That was good. That was good.